podcast is sponsored by Steiner Sports. Use the promo code BACKBOARD for 20% off at SteinerSports.com. That's S-T-E-I-N-E-R Sports.com. Let's go! Come on, everybody, and let's get to pumping, cause it's real way the time. Baby, Rip City's jumping now. Come on, everybody. All right, everybody, welcome to the 41st edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin, live from Rip City, and I got my man, Sage, chilling in Southern Oregon. It's a little rainy, a little hungover, but I'm ready to do this. Yeah, Sunday afternoon. Uh, it is rainy. It's cloudy outside. Couldn't think of anything else I'd rather be doing than talking Blazers with you. It's been too long. I am having some serious Blazer withdrawals right now. How are you dealing with no Blazer basketball or Pelican basketball for that matter? I've been I've been playing a lot of NBA 2K, gamer tag to Sage 504. And if you want to see me play, it's Twitch da underscore sag 504. We could talk basketball so we can make the uh, the adjustment up to the offseason not as bad. But yeah, I've been playing 2K, um, watching baseball, doing that. But it's really, I miss basketball. What? How are you handling this uh, lack of Blazers right. basketball? Like you, I've been playing a lot of 2K. I've got my franchise that I'm in like my third or fourth year, but I'm in the playoffs now with my team. So that's taking up. Some of my free time, because it's, it's basketball-related, i, I got to get my fix. I've been watching a lot of old Blazer g- games and clips. Um, I think I watched, like, three shortened versions of 90s playoff games, and then I watched a full-length Game 2, 2000 Western Conference Finals, where the Blazers won by, like, 29 points over the Lakers last night. Uh, I really am jonesing for basketball, and... The draft and free agency cannot come soon enough. It, it feels like time is actually going slow. You know when you're, you know when you're an adult and you grow up, and it feels like God, like I can't believe that happened like six months ago. It felt like yesterday. Like time flies. When you're anxious and ready for something, time is moving slow as shit. It might as well be molasses right now. I'm excited for the off season. I think that once that draft day starts, it's going to be very entertaining for basketball fans. But. It's a little. It's a little wait. I think it's like June twenty sixth. Is the draft. yeah? If the draft lottery is any indi- in any indication of what's coming to happen, uh, we're in for a very very lackluster NBA draft, which I hope isn't the case because that draft lottery was a snoozer. No movement at all. I mean, get out of here with that. <laughs> oh man. I mean, as a Pelicans fan, I was there was a better chance of them moving to seven than to. Uh, the top. So once it went to seven, I was just relieved that, hey, we didn't get jumped. And then when it went to six, it was just a total letdown. I was, I was thinking three. I was thinking, I had the delusions of grandeur, like in 2012. But, uh, you know, it, I, I was kind of upset it went chalk, but it, there's a lot to talk about. Now that we know the order is cemented, there's a lot to talk about with trades and stuff, like who's going where. There's got to be a lot of trades because it's a two-player draft. I, however, think Jamal Murray might end up being the best out of the draft. However, he's probably looking to go in anywhere between three to seven. Um, outside of that, there's just not a prospect that really wows me. And if I'm a team like the Celtics, who has a lot, like a ton of picks 
and they have they have more picks coming due to that Kevin Garnett Paul Pierce uh, trade with Brooklyn a few years ago. The fleece. If you're, if you're a team like that, you move that pick, you package a couple players, and you try to get a star. Uh, that's the best move that I would make. I think you'll see the Lakers and the Sixers keep their pick. They'll draft either Simmons or Ingram, whichever order those two go. But I think there's going to be a lot of movement because, I mean, Dragon Bender, I've never seen him play, but the hype is not nearly as what Porzingis had a year ago. Um, you've got, obviously, Jalen Brown, who was the consensus like third player picked in all of mock drafts up until March. Uh People were saying he wasn't playing in the right system, but I saw an athletic freak who just did not have a jump shot, and that really worries me. Yep. If you don't have a jump shot, it's not as easy to teach as you would think. Um, you look at Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. People thought you could teach it. Well, it's still broke. Um, it takes a lot of hard work and effort. You look at a guy like Will Barton, who has a little bit of funky mechanics, and he worked his ass off, and he is now just finally reaping those rewards, what, four years later? I don't think you can do that with a lottery pick, wait four years, because by that time, restricted free agency is up or they've got a player option and, and they're bolting. So players like that scare me. Um, you've got Scalabissier, who, I mean, I don't know what to even make of him. I don't think he should be a lottery pick, but in this draft he is. You've got a guy like Marquise Chris from Washington, who is, again, a freshman who's shown the ability to be that you know new age stretch four. But again, I think if, if you're Portland, you're not too upset about missing out on this draft because I've said this before, Noah Von Lea is our draft pick. Mm. Last year was essentially his rookie year. He's going to get another year of summer league. He's going to get another year under Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum's tutelage with Ster- Terry Stotts' system. Uh, he started a ton of games last year. He's only going to get better. You have Cliff Alexander, who was the top high school recruit a few years ago. You've got Montero, who shows promise. Um, and Connaughton, like, we're the second youngest team in the NBA. This team doesn't necessarily need a draft pick. But it's always so fun to talk about. I mean, is there anyone in the first round that you think, hey, this guy would fit our scheme as a scheme fit? Because I, I see a few. I really like Chris from Washington, but he's going to go way too high. I'm not I'm not about to give up a ton of assets for um, a rookie at this stage of Lillard's career. I think we need to be building up and not taking steps back. Denzel Valentine's intriguing, but again, he's a ball-dominant guard. The good thing about that is CJ and Dame both can play well off the ball. Same with Alan Crabb. I think he's going to be one of the steals of the draft. And my guy, who I've been kind of um, building up for a long time now, has been Gary Payton the second. Yes. I think he could be easily had with a second-round pick. The second round is dominated by like three or four teams that have like four second-round picks each. You know, just... If you're Neil, go over to Uncle Paul, say, hey, break me off a little check. Let's go get our you know, future backup point guard and defensive stopper. You know, you look at a team like Boston, you know, we salivate over their backup guards or their starting guards. You know, they've got Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart, who play fantastic defense and are athletic and just get after it. Well, here's a chance for you to go find a cheap version of that who could eventually one day turn into a player. Uh, who's a just a beast on the defensive end of the floor, which Portland needs. We need more perimeter defenders. You know, Aminu is fantastic, but, you know, Lillard and McCollum, as great as they are, they're never going to be known for, for their defense. I think that if you like Chris Dunn, I think Gary Payton Jr. is almost as good as Chris Dunn, and you can get him in the second round. 
they both have the same strengths and weaknesses. Gary Payton's like 95% of what Chris Dunn is. It's just... Stayed in school. The thing that's going to hurt Payton is he's about 23 and a half years old. So that's why he's going to drop. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous that you were going to drop a player because he's perceived to be older. Well, newsflash, if you come out of high school or you come out when you're 19, you're going to get miles put on those legs immediately. Mm. He's already had a lot of years not playing a ton of bat. I mean, the college season is nothing compared to an NBA season. So he's still fresh. You're still going to get 10 to 12 years out of an NBA player. It doesn't really matter if those 10 to 12 years start at 19 or 23. Uh, I guess the only thing is there's maybe upside. But when you're drafting for a team like the Blazers who needs somebody who could maybe for at least this year come in and be a specialist, that's what Gary Payton II brings. And uh, it would just be cool because I always wanted GP, the original, to get traded to Portland back in the, the early 2000s, late 90s. And, you know, he went to Oregon State. He's from the Bay. You know, you got the Dame connection. Uh, that would just be fantastic to see GP show up at, at a lot of the games. And you know what? We just really need some some more defenders. Defense will take this team to the next level. We we saw how this team can score. You can start stopping teams on the other end. That's when you're going to see those those 51 seasons become you know perennial. Yep. There's there's a few guys that I think would just fit the scheme of the Blazers really well. It's there's some second round guys. I think GP. I think Furkan uh, Kuzman from Turkey could fit the scheme of the Trailblazers because of his really quick shooting. going to be interesting to see if when we can buy a pick. It could be the late first. It could be the early second. But it's I think that the Blazers will have a draft pick this year. Just yeah, they'll definitely have a draft pick. Uh, it's we have, fun, and it's an influx of talent. We have two 2018 picks. One of ours won a top 10 protected from Cleveland. I don't think we would buy into the late first because that puts an actual salary and takes away from our cap room. You get a second round pick, you don't have to sign them right away. So it's, it's they're not on the books when you're going after free agents. Now, if they did move up into the lottery, that's a little bit different if they feel like that's good value. But to me, I, I'm sticking in the second round if I'm Neil Olshay. Which player do you think is going to fall out of like the people in the first? Because... I mean, maybe Chris Dunn. I've seen him some mock drafts where he's falling to Sacramento, which would just be awful for him. Nobody should go to Sacramento. Uh, no, nobody deserves that. Obviously, Ingram and Simmons, they will not fall. I, I think if it's not done, it's going to be Jalen Brown. I think that it's going to be guard heavy until the top six, then the seventh pick, and then there'll be that run of mediocre bigs. And then whoever that guard is, it's either going to be Chris Dunn or Denzel Valentine, is going to fall to like 12 or 13, and that's going to be the steal of the draft. Whoever that guard is. There's also this kid, Henry Ellison from Marquette, who Chad Ford has had so high on his board almost since preseason. And I've seen him on, you know, either NBADraft.net or Draft Express, however, you know, reputable you think they are. They, he's been a little bit lower, so it'll be interesting to me where he falls. Um, are there are there any teams you're looking at as a Blazers and Pelicans fan and are very intrigued them to see what they do? I, about Her- Henry Ellison, his, his the rumor about him is that he hit threes at a really high clip, but in college he hit it at like twenty three percent. 
And also, he didn't lead his team to the tournament. Yeah. I have a, and this goes to Ben Simmons as well. If you can't get your team into a 64-team field and you're supposed to be a lottery pick, that's a red flag to me. I mean, if you're that good and the college is supposedly watered down in talent and you cannot get your team to finish in the top half of your conference, I mean, come on. I think it's going to be interesting to see what Denver does with those three picks in the first round because they could potentially package it for a better pick. And then the Suns with their two picks. I think those are very interesting to see what they do since they're both in our division or in our conference. The team I'm worried about is Minnesota. And I was thankful they did not win the lottery because Towns is already a bad boy. <laughs> oh, God. Wiggins, I'm not as high on as other people are. I think he's he might make an all-star team you know, three, three times-ish, but I don't know if he'll ever be that that number one pick that everyone thought he was going to be maybe in the mold of a LeBron type of draft. Uh, but he's still a fantastic building block. I was just thankful they didn't get that third piece of the big three. So I, I, I hope they don't get Jamal Murray because they could be really devastating with him, him there. But I was thankful they didn't move up, but I'll still be watching out for them because that's a team you're going to have to, you know, especially with Tom Thibodeau coming in, they could be a, they could overtake Utah as that darling to possibly make the playoffs mm-hmm. in the Western Conference next year. That is how good Carl Anthony Towns is. Oh, yeah. With one extra lottery pick, that team's scary. The one thing I have to say about Tom Thibodeau, as a coach, he's very about now, this game. He's the GM where he has a puppet GM, and he's very now thinking. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can actually think for the future instead of just, we got to win this game today because the GM's job is to look for that next pick that next trade it's very future thinking it's very forward thinking so let's see if he can actually do that you know speaking of coaches um, some Blazer news good news came out I believe last week the Blazers exercised coach Terry Stotts's option for the 2017 season then they gave him a three-year option or excuse me a three-year extension with the last year being a team option, I believe paying him a little under $5 million per season. Still uh, a bargain. Very, very, very good deal if you're the Trailblazers. And this is something that I'm so thankful they did. They didn't get drawn out. There was a little bit of media buzz like, oh, there's rumblings that he might not come back or it's not a done deal. It just got squashed. And I'm so thankful for that because, one, continuity is key. Yep. Look at the teams who have kept their coach a long time. They win. They get to the playoffs. They make deep playoff runs. Two, this is the most important summer for the Trailblazers probably since 1990 when they acquired Buck and Cliff Robinson. Or excuse me, in 89. You're bringing Stotts back, and that shows you know, chemistry, that shows they're together. And if you're a free agent, you don't want to go to a team that's bringing in a new head coach. Yep. I mean, Dame and CJ could be the best recruiters possible, but that that would be a tough sell to get somebody with a new coach. So we're not having to start over. The players love Terry. I'm sure other players around the league have heard this, and they want to come play for him. They saw how well his team speaks of him. They speak very highly of him. So just a great move by the front office, and I was starting to worry a little bit. Uh, I remember when Brandon Roy, I think after the 09 season when we lost to the Rockets, he was up for his contract extension. Obviously, there was a reason there was a scuffle uh, for his knee, but that dragged out, God, three or four months into the summer, and it finally got done. 
but and then we had to do all four Marcus's and I don't know if we ended up getting his done or not and it was just a whole nightmare of a, of a what should have been the best off season mm-hmm. in, in years ended up with us almost missing out on all we did miss out on Hito Turkoglu and signing Andre Miller um, we had a ton of cap space a 54 win team and it was just it was a, a roller coaster a whirlwind of moves that should have been made bam 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 and it just you you don't you never want to see moves that need to be made right off the bat just get dragged out. And so that's why I was, you know, relieved that, okay, good. We got Terry locked up, one down, let's move on to the next. And five million dollars for a head coach is pretty cheap. That means the Blazers assistants are rumored to be in to going to other jobs or have gone to other jobs. That means that we could actually pay up for a good associate head coach, good assistants. I mean Having a good staff around Terry is pretty important, and with the team-friendly contract, we could potentially do that. Now, I know you're not the biggest Terry guy. I have criticized him as well, but I thought he turned water into wine with this Blazers team this year, uh, to be perfectly honest. Uh, he did a fantastic coaching job. He's a little stubborn in-game on his defensive adjustments, but if that's the only thing that you're complaining about, it could be worse. I still think he is an upper-level coach in this league, and I think we're fortunate to have him, especially because the players speak so well of him. How are you feeling? Are you you're, you're good with bringing back stops? Having an elite offensive coach is so mo- it's a, it's better because there's very few of them, so that's a good thing. There's a lot of people that are really good defensive coaches. So all I want, all I've ever wanted, is for an associate head coach that is good at defense, that has a scheme that the players can do and do well. That's all I want. So if we use the extra capital to bring in one of the more defensive-minded assistants, I'd be very happy. So Jay Triano head coach of the uh, Canadian national team, former head coach of the Toronto Raptors and assistant coach for the Trailblazers has left to join Earl Watson, who had a cup of coffee with the Blazers in the 2014 season as the associate head coach on the Phoenix staff. Uh, Nate Tibbetts um, has been rumored to interview with the Memphis Grizzlies. I believe David Vanterpool did with the Orlando magic. I don't expect either of those coaches to leave this year. But you're really big on the assistant coaches. You were the first one to talk about Kenny Atkinson, who went to Brooklyn. You've been pumping up Steven Silas, who's getting a lot of pub for Houston and the associate job in Golden State to fill the void left with Walton. So what are some names that you would like to see Portland add? Because they they obviously have room for one more spot. Man. Well, I mean, if we could steal Steven Silas, that would be my preferred one. Caught you off guard, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I was not ready for that one because I, I, I felt good with my Kenny Atkinson. What do you make about the Indiana Pacers firing? Not Larry Bird said they didn't fire him. They just didn't re-up his contract when it was over. So they get rid of Frank Vogel, who I thought did a pretty good pretty good job, especially in the playoffs, forcing the two-seed Raptors to seven games. Probably should have won that series after they blew game five. They fired Vogel, and they bring in Nate McMillan. I think as much, Nate is a great guy, super nice. I don't know if that's the coach you want if you want to pick up the pace. Yeah, like, isn't Nate McMillan one of those guys that is a slow-it-up type of guy? 
he is, and some of his defenders will say, well, that's because we had Brandon Roy, and Brandon Roy like refused to play up-tempo, which is definitely true. But I think Vogel's a good coach, and I think Orlando actually got a huge you know, gift from God when Scott Skiles fired himself, and they landed Frank Vogel in their lap. I think that is a fantastic fit for that young team. Yeah. It, it, yeah, man. I guess you got to trust Larry. I mean, maybe he'll pick up the pace, but like what we've seen with Terry is like when it really matters, you revert to what got you there in clutch situations. When you push, 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 I I have a feeling that Nate's going to just slow it up. Have Paul Pierce run the offense. Paul Paul George. (laughs) You got me. Uh, Paul George run the offense. Well, yeah. Playoff basketball is not about pace. It's just not. The fast break points are limited. Transition game is few and far between. You win playoff basketball in the half court, both offensively and defensively. Um, So speaking of defense, pretty surprised that actually nothing. I'm not surprised now that I've heard why, but it was surprising at the time that Memphis got rid of Dave Yeager. Apparently he's been clashing with the front office, but this is a front office who fired Lionel Holland after getting into the Western Conference Finals. I believe Jaeger has the franchise record for most playoff wins. Starting to think it's the front office that is the problem and not the coaching staff for Memphis. They, they're they really about that analytical basketball thing. The Houston yeah, model. They brought, the... Yeah, they brought in John Hollinger, but that, that shit hasn't worked. No. The team's never going to win anything. And, and I mean, like, what where they're at now, they're old. They're old. Do you think Marc Gasol would be available for a draft pick this year? Because they have to do that rebuild. Well, I'm assuming Conley leaves. He would be crazy to stay. That team is not making the playoffs next year, even with Conley. I don't care. The grit and grind style is done. It's it's done. It's not effective anymore in today's NBA. Uh, It was, you know, a good changeup a couple years ago when they were an elite defensive team. They're no longer an elite defensive team. You just they don't have anybody anymore. They 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 had pretty much just like a a mishmash of NBA veterans and D-League call-ups that I've never heard of before. So if Conley leaves, uh, Randolph's a free agent next year, you've got to move Zebo. And Gasol just signed a big deal. You've got to move him for some young parts because you're not going to win. Like, they need to realize that you're not going to win, and they have to get the most of what they can. You can't be like Portland, and all of a sudden you have a LaMarcus Aldridge situation on your hand where you lose him for nothing. Or, but you know, we got something for Batum, but we got... Lopez and Matthews for nothing. Uh, Do you think Boston would be willing to trade that third pick for Marcus All? That's a tough one. Yeah, I, the foot, the foot. Yeah, like Marcus All two years ago, definitely. He, the the problem with Memphis, and it's kind of just like they're stuck between a rock and a hard place, is Gasol's value as an all time low. Yeah, you never want to trade if you're a, a GM. You never want to trade for a big man with feet issues or who currently has one right now that is red flag numero uno he's also over that 30 year mark uh, in age which is typically a sign of decline still has a large contract um i don't think he's the defender he once was i don't know if they could get that value for him that's how low i think his value is right now damn yeah i mean that that foot injury is the same injury that stopped yao ming's career as well so it's it's scary when you got a seven foot dude with weak feet. Shout out to Bill Walton. Sampoo. Yep. So it's, it's, you know, so speaking of 
free agency. Who are some of the free agents that you're looking at for the Trailblazers? Do you have a, a top three? It could be realistic. It could be unrealistic. Uh, um, who are some of the guys that you want Neil Olshay to be at their doorstep at you know 9:01 Pacific time? Well, I want Kent Bazemore on this team. So, but he isn't my number one. It has to be one of those big men. It has to be Horford, Dwight, or uh, Whiteside. Whatever one they value the most, I want. Neil to be at their doorstep at 12.01. And then I want Kent Bazemore, and then I want to re-sign Crab, if at all possible. Who would you... So you would renounce Henderson, you would renounce Roberts and Leonard. What about Harkless? You wouldn't bring back Harkless? I'd bring back Harkless, but... Yeah, I'd have to bring back Harkless, but... I think that's where I'm at, too. Of Portland's uh, six free agents, if we're including Chris Kamen... The two they have to bring back are Alan Crabb and Maurice Harkless. Uh, if you haven't yet, and we will make sure to put this link in the description on, on the podcast, go read Bobby Marks, who was a front office executive with uh, the Brooklyn Nets, or the New Jersey Nets, excuse me, for a few years. He now works uh, at Yahoo Sports with the Vertical. He's doing summer agendas for each team, and he broke down you know, the state of the Trailblazers, the salaries that they have, um, the Vergeau contract, you know, Dame's extension that gets kicked in. Uh, he had such a great point that it's all about timing with these free agents, and it's going to be so imperative for Neil Olshay to be on the same page with the restricted free agents, whether that's Myers, Maurice, or Allen. And if he plans on bringing back any of them, he needs to be you know, in solid communication with their agents and letting them know, hey, we're going to bring you back. This is what we're comfortable with. Do not go out and find an offer because timing is everything. If... Alan Crabb goes out and gets an offer, you know, five minutes into free agency. Portland only has what three days to match. As soon as they match, that eats up their that that goes into their cap room. However, if we go out and sign Whiteside day one, you can say, "Hey, Crab, go out and find your offer. We can match because you can go over the cap to sign these guys." That's a great read if you're interested in free agency and kind of the ins and outs and potentially how much Portland will have to spend and what they'll have to do to do that because. It's not just like, hey, we have this money to go out and get a guy like uh, Al Horford. We're probably going to have to renounce Henderson, Kamen, Brian Roberts, and probably Myers Leonard. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it just means that we lose their bird rights. We can no longer go over the salary cap to sign them. However, it does free their cap hold. Um, and they're, for those guys, it's about $9 million for Henderson, 7 for Myers. Um, it's about 6 or 7 for Harkless, too, because they were first-round picks. So it's a it's a great read, especially if you're looking forward to free agency like I am, and it does give Portland that max money slot to go out and get one of those big guys that Sage was talking about. Um, anybody else? Uh, do you think Portland needs any guard help, or do you think we're we're set there, or are there any power forwards that you like? Well, there, of course, there's one, but I don't think he's going to go to Portland. I think I think Ryan Anderson's the the talk of the town, but I mean, if you listen to that. Uh, vertical podcasts do you think that we have the role for that ryan anderson is looking for it depends is ryan anderson looking to start because i don't think he's a starter i think he's a finisher but he's not a starter uh i think he's definitely a 30 minute per game player he is the epitome of super sixth man a guy you any any championship team has to have he can stretch the floor he's a you know an assassin from downtown he's a pretty good rebounder Uh, 
He's got- he can score in the post. He's just a, a fantastic shooter. Maybe one of the best big man shooters uh, that we have in, in the game. And you need that coming off the bench. You need that in today's NBA, especially when you're looking to match up. You know, if you want to go small against Golden State, uh, he can go big. Uh, he's just a very versatile player. But if I'm him, I'm not looking to start. I think he should continue to come off the bench. That's where, where he really thrives. So hopefully that's where his head's at. Um, he's he hasn't been in the he's been in the playoffs what one time in the past what six or seven years. Although the Orlando when Orlando was really good, he got a playoff spot too with Dwight. He has a while ago. Though. Yeah, and he he might have gotten the playoffs twice in six years. Yeah. So if I'm him, you know you're already going to get paid. So go go find the best situation. And that's what I would tell all free agents. Go Basketball contracts are guaranteed. You don't have to worry about the money per se. You're, you're going to get paid. Just invest it wisely. You know, Make sure you have somebody on hand to make sure the money's being taken care of for you. But if, if I'm a free agent, I'm looking at fit. I'm looking at who's going to utilize me best. Uh, is the team on the rise or they're already a contender? Because Winning is everything. You only get to play this game at a high level if you're lucky for for ten years. Some some you know not everyone's Tim Duncan and can play for twenty years. A lot of people only get three or four years. So you 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 only get a certain amount of time to play. Go win. That's what makes basketball fun. At least to me, I don't like losing. I think that if the Blazers signed him, you would have to run your guard sets with CJ and Dame. Like, there's no time that they, those two aren't on the floor. And I think with that, Ryan Anderson would be one of the best complimentary scorers in the NBA. He isn't going to be your go-to guy, but he is one hell of a complimentary scorer. And I, I think the Portland fan base would really gravitate towards him. Because, I mean, if you listen to that interview, he's a really likable, really likable guy. Well, yeah, and he's best friends with uh, a former fan favorite, Robin Lopez. Uh, seems like he gets along great with all of his teammates. Would be a great locker room fit. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Neil Olshay has up his sleeve or who is his, you know, his top targets. Uh, for me personally, number one's Kevin Durant. Again, I don't know how likely it is, but you have to secure a meeting. If, if he is truly going to test the free agency market, you have to at least get a meeting. That would put Portland on the map. Uh, I think Portland with Durant would become arguably the top team in the Western Conference. I know the Warriors won 73, we only won 44, but look how tough we played Golden State. You add Durant there, you know, I like our chances, personally. Again, I'm probably wearing rose-colored glasses, but I love a big three of Dame, CJ, and KD. Uh, so I, I, you have to get a meeting with Durant if you're, if you're Neil Olshay. Similar to what he did when LeBron was a free agent in 2010. He got a meeting with the Clippers. Uh, that's a big step when you're trying to build through free agency is just getting a guy to talk to you. Um, like you, I, I've got those centers, uh, big number two. I would probably put Whiteside as my top choice. He's younger. He's the best defender of the bunch. And I think you can throw it down there and he can get you some buckets. Al just Horford, some rim, rim runs and stuff. Yeah, exactly. You can throw those lobs up. He, he's just a beast. He is exactly what... DeAndre Jordan is out west. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit bend, a little bit better blocking shots. DeAndre might be a little bit better rebounding the basketball. So you're you know it, you're trading a little bit here for a little bit there. Horford probably would be number two. And the reason I pause on Horford is where the Blazers currently at right now. He would definitely make us better, but I don't think he's putting pushing us over the hump. He is not that Buck Williams piece. 
And I worry about that a little bit because he is 30 right now and he's going to be making a lot of money into his, into his mid thirties with this next contract. So that's going to be tough. If you're Olshay, you have to have almost like a secondary option. If, okay, if I get Horford, how else can I improve this team? Because just getting him uh, isn't enough and he's not really a back to the basket player. He's more of a pick and pop, but he does do a lot of things that go unnoticed. He's a great help side defender. He's awesome at setting picks. Uh, he just does those little things that Blazer fans will come to love. So I would definitely be thrilled if we could get him. Um, I'm probably not on the Dwight Howard wagon. Uh, that ESPN article, all the good he did with that TNT interview, I think a lot of it got swept away with that ESPN article. Oh, man. What, what's your third? What's your third? Uh... Third? I really like, because I don't, if, if we get one of the top two, we're not going to have money. We, we really only have money for one one max guy. So let's say we, we, we swing and a miss on the max guys. Then I, I would look, I love Kent Bazemore. I think he would be the perfect guy to bring off the bench. You could even start him in situations, just a good defender can hit the open three. Everything we love about Aminu, you get in a Kent Bazemore, just a super energy guy. Kind of like what we had Patty Mills back in the day when he was on the bench, just an uplifting spirit on the team. Uh, I think that goes a long way in the locker room, especially over the course of an 82 game season. So Bazemore, up there, if we strike out, I would love to go after Ryan Anderson. We yeah, need a yeah, third yeah. Four. Um, you know, I looked at the free agency list last night. Some guys who I think could be some some bargain bins. I know we're that's not the goal this year to go bargain bin shopping, but sometimes you have to. Bismack Biombo, I think, is a fantastic fit. He's shining right now in Toronto, so his price might be a little high. So that's might not be a bargain. But he's a great defender, just gobbles up every rebound. Um, however, he's pretty inefficient on offense. Um, not really much other than rib runs. <laughs> uh, John Luer from Phoenix is unrestricted free agent. He produces. He only gets about 13 minutes a night, and he's putting up eight, eight and a half points. So when he gets out there, he produces. He's a great mid-range shooter. Uh, some, someone that we could, I think, start and be fine with if you upgrade elsewhere um, or come off the bench and, and give you some time. But I think he's ready for a good role and I think he would produce. So if you're looking for guys under the radar, those are probably, I know Biombo's not anymore, but before that Biombo was. I'd throw Langston Galloway in there cause he's been my guy for the bargain bin guard. But I really like the John Lore cause like when he gets minutes, he produces and he started a few games for Phoenix. Cause I know he did cause at DFS and he played well for Memphis too. Yeah, it's it, it, he's you know he's an intelligent scorer. He does he doesn't he plays within himself, and that's really important when you don't have the uh, sky high talent. Just playing within yourself, doing things that you know you can do. Who's a free agent that you want to steer clear of? Eric Gordon. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's out there. I guess a free agent that you think is going to get paid that you would stay away from because no, <laughs> I don't like Eric Gordon. Get paid. I, I, hot take. He's going to Atlanta to replace Kent Bazemore. I can see that. Boom. Because of the article that gives me pause about Dwight Howard. Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. He had his chance to shine when Steph was out. He didn't do it. So everyone's saying, oh, once he gets a bigger role. What what bigger role would you want Harrison Barnes to play? He's already the starting small forward, the third option on their offense. Fourth option, excuse me. 
I don't think I, you, I want him playing a bigger role. And for someone who likely might get maxed out, no, thank you. Uh, he's a nice player. He's not max money player. GMs, if you're smart, steer clear of Harrison Barnes. I'm sure he's a, he's a nice guy. Uh, he's a good player. But if, if that's your big get, I think you're going to be upset. And a lot of people, a lot of people I've talked to on Xbox Live, love them some Harrison Barnes, and I just have to laugh. I didn't even think Harrison Barnes is an option because he he's been X out in my mind for so long. He he's a name. Yeah. Like we've talked about his pocket. He is a name. Uh, don't pay for the name. Pay for the player. Yeah, I'd rather take the production rather than the the sexy name. Like don't don't be the Oakland Raiders of the early 2000s be 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 someone that's substantive be the moneyball oakland a's or the baltimore orioles of now i've been watching so, way too much baseball <laughs> are you ready for some mail time sure all right we got a question from Stuart campbell he wants to know is larry sanders a defensive big the blazers could use uh assuming he wants to play again and what would he cost well i i, I think that what his his past is going to make him unattractive to Blazer fans cuz he did have the abusing dogs like he had a allegedly he had puppies outside in like the negative 10 degree weather for a few hours so i don't think blazer fans would like him but if you're just talking about a basketball player he can block some shots but it's does he have the desire to actually play because he retired? I think if you're Portland, you don't need to take the risk. No. We're in a good situation right now. And I know we talked on the last podcast about Dame saying, if you come here, you're going to fit into the culture. I don't think Portland just needs to take that risk. Or you take that risk if it's a guy, and I don't even know if this is fair to say, just based on reputation. I'm just throwing this. DeMarcus Cousins. You take the risk on Cousins because the production and talent is there. Larry Sanders has been on the league for, what, two or three years? Uh, I, I don't know. I would pass. I think if he did, did did come back, he would probably get a very minimum contract. You kind of have to for on a one year deal. You got to prove yourself, yeah. and then you'll get paid. Um, that's how it goes. Another question from Stewart: uh, Could Montero become a Sean Livingston type, a big point guard that's tough against normal sized opposing guards? No. Yeah, exactly. Livingston's like the best a, backup point guard. Yeah, defensively, he's one of the best. He's like an all-NBA defensive player. He's a really calming influence. I think of uh, Montero as more herky-jerky, where Livingston's way more smooth with the ball. I I don't think Montero is a point guard. Can he handle the ball? Absolutely. But I think if we're looking for a comparison, look at a guy like Will Barton. Plays a little reckless, like you said, herky-jerky, really lanky, really wiry probably fantastic in the open court and can knock down an open shot. I think if he turns out to be anything like Will Barton, that's a steal for the Blazers coming from an undrafted free agent. Uh, so he's, he's a guard who can handle the ball, but I still think he's more shooting, more small forward than point guard. And do we really, we don't need a third point guard that's super dominant. We just need someone that won't kill us. Yeah. I mean, cause CJs Stewart- are, Backup point guard. So Stewart's coming in hot with the questions. One more. Can Ed Davis actually put on the 15 pounds of muscle this offseason? Uh, me and my Davis jersey support it. 
that's going to be tough. It's always been kind of the, the skinny, you know, we just talked about Montero and Barton being lanky and wiry. That's Ed Davis. He is long and lean. But if Ed Davis says he's going to put his mind to putting 15 pounds of muscle, who am I to say, no, you're not going to do it? So my money's on Ed to actually get that done. Yeah, if, if Ed has that in his mind, then yeah, sure. But I, I'd just keep him as is and find that muscular dude in free agency that's cheap. Cliff Alexander could be it. Give him a shot. question, which we kind of answered, but we'll still touch on it, from uh, Troy uh, Ringering. What is the possibility on Hassan Whiteside, and what do you think? So if the Blazers end up with Hassan Whiteside as their big fish, are you stoked? Yeah. That'd be cool. He'd help us on the defense, and I've pretty much harped on that for a while. Have you seen CJ doing that little Twitter recruiting? Yeah, I saw that. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty deep in the Blazers' Twitter game now, so I, I, I see a lot. <laughs> I love it. Love it. We, that's how you get these guys. You know, yeah, they want to play, but if you're trying to get a guy to leave South Beach to come up to the Pacific Northwest, we're going to need all the help we can get. And I would be absolutely floored if, if we got Whiteside to go along with this crew. Fits the career arc, fits the, the huge needs that we have, and, man, that would put us in, I think, the top four in the West if we could get Whiteside. So I'm definitely on board with Whiteside. Uh, wasn't as much early on in the season, but... Once you go through the playoffs and you really see the needs of the teams, you see the the availability of what's out there in free agency. It's really center driven. I think he's the best of the bunch, um, especially given all the factors we talked about: the weak side shot blocking, just the rebounding, the ability to catch a lob and throw it down to get easy buckets down low, the age, uh, all of those factors. That's who I would like to to go after. Um, that would if we got Hassan, would that just would that just be our? Uh, could we sign another high price? Look, could we get a Ryan Anderson Hassan? Okay, front court. No, I mean I don't know how much he's due. I don't know what his max slot is, but we can. It would take some, a lot of maneuvering. Let's put it that way. Some so creativeness. You get Whiteside, then you're probably looking at maybe moving Plumley, uh, maybe somebody else. It's. I'm just thankful I'm not a GM. There, it is such a harder job than going on 2K and saying, uh, "Propose this trade, yes or no." <laughs> Let they them. have to think four or five steps in advance for real, and uh, it's impressive that they're able to do that. I'd be pretty stoked with the Hassan Whiteside Ryan Anderson uh, free agency because they would fit each other's weak, like their weakness is the other person's strength type of thing. So I wouldn't mind that. I might do that in my Blazers 2K next year or this year. <laughs> I think I think we we about wrapped it up. Fifty three minutes, man. That ain't bad. But oh, we we got to touch really quick. What was your favorite moment of the fifteen sixteen season as a Blazer fan? That's tough, man. I guess it would be when we got to the second round. Just the realization that, hey, uh, we're a real team. I mean, this is legitimately my first uh, gear as a Blazers fan. So seeing the, the team that everyone thought was going to suck actually be good is probably my favorite part. But what was yours? 
So if we're talking just regular season first, there's three. One opening night, Ugh. I had two. I had Olga. I had my mom and my dad, my papa. Uh, Matt was there. So we were rolling deep. Everyone says we're going to suck this year. CJ comes out, pours 24 in the first quarter. I mean, the, the garden is just alive and electric. He goes off for 37. Um, we just destroyed I, – I know it was your team, but we destroyed the Pelicans, and that was just kind of like we're not going to go lightly mm. type of moment for me. I love opening nights. Uh, Olga's chiming in with my second game. Golden State. Unfortunately, I wasn't there when Dame put up 51, but goddamn, seeing them dance all over the Warriors when the Warriors are dancing all over everybody else, getting the Warriors, you know, into a tizzy, that was fantastic. Everybody played lights out. Vonley's defense on green. CJ got buckets. I mean, Harkless did so many amazing takes to the basket. Uh, Aminu's defense, we just played the perfect game. We gave a team that won 73 regular season games a 32-point defeat. That's awesome. And then lastly for the regular season, it was actually that same homestand. But no, it wasn't the same homestand, excuse me. It was earlier in the season. I believe it was in January. Damian Lillard exploded for 17 points in like three minutes to shock the Thunder. Uh, If you want to know what Lillard time is, you just play that three minutes, and that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Because he completely took over the game and won it single-handedly and... I wish I was there for that game, but uh, TV had to suffice for that one. So those are my three regular season moments. Obviously, the playoffs. Game three and game four of the Clippers series were so loud. Uh, game three in particular, seeing Damon CJ both get off. Uh, when they play like that together and they're both in unison, they're, they're both producing. It's so fun to watch. Um, and then game three of the Warriors where we just took it to them. We played fantastic from start to finish. Dame drops 40. And then even though we lost, game four was amazing. It might have been the loudest I've heard it in a long time. And we took, again, a team that broke the record for regular season wins to the brink. It took an MVP performance from the unanimous MVP to beat us. And I don't think there's anything to you know hang your head about. And there's only going to be brighter days in Portland. So even though we lost that series was still, you know, even look to game five where we traded blows and went, you know, toe to toe with, with the champs. Uh, so there's a lot of good days ahead for this trailblazer team. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest learning experience for this blazer team was against the 76ers where they lost because they took them lightly and you got, I think that was the biggest because you can't take anyone lightly because they're all professional basketball players. So that might be the most memorable game for me just because it was like, we're the worst team ever, but we lost to them. So it was like, you can't take anyone. Yeah. All right, Rip City. I think that's going to about wrap it up. If you like this podcast and like what you're hearing, uh, give us that five-star rating on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. If you're not into iTunes, we're also available on Stitcher and SoundCloud at Holy Backboard PDX. And we're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Holy Backboard. So we'll be coming at you periodically throughout this offseason. But it's going to have to wait. Sage, it's going to be a long wait, but we can get through it. Let's watch those old games. Let's play that 2K. And uh, one day the draft will be upon us. Let's go.